Now, Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Shara McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. Every week, I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, you can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. Hello to all our South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Boston Connect Real Estate's broker team. My name is Melissa Wallace and I'm here with my team member Sharon McNamara who is also the broker owner of our company. Um, she's just setting up some things with our computer and Barry Baker is at home. She's about to be on the Zoom um, so we're going to connect that for you guys. So if you're on Facebook and you're friends with Sharon McNamara, um, please follow along and you can um, you know, participate in our, in our COVID-19 continuation. Um, again, we are uh, here with our local experts. We have Lisa Cullity, who is the Pembroke Health Agent. Hi, hey. Hey, how are you? I feel like we're like I know we're like we're like fa- we're like family now. We're gonna be exchanging uh, Christmas goodies oh, yeah. and all that oh, stuff. I yeah, can't wait. Absolutely. Can't wait. Um, and then we have uh, Pembroke's Deputy Fire Chief Ken McCormick here. Hey, Ken. Hello, week five. Yeah, week, week five. five and counting. <laughs> you can be a part of our family too. Thanks. There we go. He likes the cookies that much. I do yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, what kind of cookies are we talking about? Oh, so I make Christmas cookies every year. I'm kind of famous between the fire department and the police department of course there's much much ado about which shift i bring it in on um but my my mother and i have a tradition going back more than 20 years of of making assortments of christmas cookies well over a hundred dozen christmas cookies my mother my aunts and i so then we make out uh, mixed boxes and platters and they inevitably find the the way to our fine first responders well if some of them find their way to 19 medications (laughs) that wouldn't be bad (laughs) okay there you go um so we are going to be continuing our conversation obviously this is something that's very important worldwide and we just want to be able to educate all of our listeners um, <laughs> I heard that waters are frozen. Um, educate all of our listeners about what's going on, um, not only in our community, but sort of around the country and around the world. Um, Sharon, are you ready to sit down? Again? We're there. Uh, almost. Okay. I just we're, to see we're if the guest is um, available yet, so you can continue yeah, sure. on a we, bit. we will have a couple people calling in tonight um, who are also local experts in their fields, and Sharon will certainly um, introduce them as they call. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't want to dive too much into it because we do have to break for it. And that's very that's that's not a beer. It's not a beer. That is a soda. I, I just like need caffeine. Like the third time that it's five o'clock somewhere, right, ladies? 
no, yeah, we, we're, you know, seriously, I'm going to hold this up so everyone can see it. No, this is a soda. The, the, the health agent, the health agent is running completely on caffeine these days, as many people can attest to. So that's a, that's a diet Coke, which I was in desperate need of. Um, yeah, we don't want to dive too, too much into it just because we do have to break for traffic um, with Lisa, but but sort of, I had asked you when you came in, you know, what's the scoop? Is there anything new? There's always something new. There's it's, always something it's, new. It's changing every day. You guys are still meeting every day. Every day. Um, so, and, and that just is a, a testament to how important this is um, and, and important to get ahead of it and make sure that yeah. we're sort of prepared because, you know, we... I'm anticipating that it's going to get worse before it gets better. It, it is. It, there, there's no doubt. The numbers don't lie. Um, and, and all the, the cities and, and countries that have faced this before us, it doesn't lie. It is going to get worse before it gets better. We all need to be prepared. But it's what we do right now that is so darn critical. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, can can help me out here, 85, 90% of the people, I, I give a huge thumbs up. They're doing the right things. They're staying away from people that, that don't live in their own household. Um, they're, they're doing Skype birthdays and, and, mm-hmm. and not congregating. Mm-hmm. And then, then we have to talk about the 10%. And the 10% are going to be a problem because it's not just them congregating together. It's then when they go back to their homes, they go back to other groups of people. And that's how this you know nasty little bug gets around. And, and, and it's a problem. And Unfortunately, that's what's leading, you know, Boston. We all watch the news today. That's what's leading Boston to take further action. And and if that kind of behavior continues, it's going to force the governor um, to take action here in Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, uh, birthdays... Um, we did have our own little Zoom birthday, <laughs> <laughs> a few Zooms that day. It was Sharon McNamara's birthday last Friday, and I don't think we mentioned it last week on the show, so mm-hmm. happy birthday, Sharon. Happy finally, birthday. Finally 25, looking fabulous. Yes. <laughs> Again? Um, yeah. no. <laughs> 25 oh. plus times over. <laughs> You're fresh. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, I've been seeing a lot of that lately is, you know, we still want to connect with people. Yes. Uh, you know, unfortunately. Connecting with people and connecting with traffic still. Oh. It's time to connect with traffic. Oh, it's time to connect with Lisa DeMilo with the WATT Traffic Center. How's it looking out there, Lisa? Well, Sharon, first, happy birthday. If you're traveling, okay, well, if you're traveling into the Boston area, there's a 9 p.m. curfew in effect. Also, if you're traveling on Amtrak, service is reduced on the Northeast Corridor and the Downeaster. On the roads, the expressway is a nine-minute drive in both directions between the tunnel and the split. Route 3 South is delay-free from the expressway down through the South Shore. And Route 24 South, you're looking at a 21-minute ride from 93 to Route 140. This report... By Compassion International. You can change the world for a child in extreme poverty through Compassion International. Just text CHILD to 83393 to find out how. Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. Yeah, no, it's definitely a little low. Yeah, it's not working right. So, um, you know what? We're going to hold on for just one second. Mel, we want to talk into that one and see if that one works. Hello, hello. Same thing on that one. 
the uh, two guest microphones were working clear. What do you just want me to talk while you fit? Yeah. There you I, go. I, that I, microphone no, works. Lisa's taking over. That's fine. I, 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 I've just gotten uh, pitched a softball. So going back to the, the what we were touching on right before we went to break, people were always asking for updates. So these are our, our current updates. Our numbers continue to climb in Pembroke. Um, you know, two to three cases a day um, is, is about the average. This is a nice slow roll. This is the nice slow climb we wanted to see without a drastic crazy climb. So that's as expected. However, that's not going to maintain. At some point, we are going to start to see um, concerning double-digit rises, and that's going to happen uh, across That microphone the is shore. working, so to interrupt. No, that's cool. That microphone is working. Um, and so is our fire department, I might, it might add. <laughs> yeah, so, so those those numbers are going to start to get to the, the numbers that are going to seem a little <clears> more <throat> scary. Um, but I want them not to be as scary to people um, by being a shock. I, I'm going to expect those numbers are going to start to climb. I'm going to say by the weekend, maybe just after the weekend, is when we're going to see that. And you're going to see a lot more activity. You're going to see a lot more activity by the fire department. The, the hope is that we slow the spread so that the people that have truly critical needs, that those hospital beds are available right now our hospitals are not overwhelmed right now shipments of um, ventilators are coming into the state that's great news we hear that there's more ventilators being moved as new york is need is lowering they're moving ventilators up here to massachusetts in in anticipation of that that rise which is great so so i guess what i'm saying is Right now, I'm cautiously optimistic that it looks like the field hospitals, the extended uses of the hospitals, the emergency tents, all of those things are in place before we need them. And when those the infrastructure there that needs to be there for those things, and that's what makes me the happiest. But, Ken, we were talking earlier today. So you're just not seeing those spike in, in, in numbers of needing your assistance can yet. I, can, I break, yet. can I break yeah. up for one sure. second? Only because our next guest is oh. um, actually has another meeting to go to. So oh, cool. I have a little surprise for you guys tonight. A surprise? Yes. So we're going to have Josh. We had surprise guests. Oh, Josh. So we have Josh um, is going to be calling in. He's going to be calling in at 630. But tonight um, I have Dr. Scott Shaw. Uh, who's going to be joining us and he is um, he is the regional director of the uh, VCA animal oh, hospital nice. and um, I just got, was able to get them last minute which is why I was running a little bit behind so I believe that Dr. Shaw is on the air can you hear us this is our first time with zoom here uh, yeah we have something over modulating so it's not quite working at the moment yet Sharon oh sad okay so maybe and modulator, bro. Yeah, it's, something right. At least it's not the flux capacitor. So mm -hmm. it's one of the feeds on the Zoom end. So we'll have to play around a little bit and get it going. Okay. So should we just have him calling? Because I know he only had until six thirty. If he'd like to call in the station directly, yes, that would be right. best for him. Okay. So Scott, if you are, if you can hear us, if you could call the studio line that I gave you, that would be best. And we're going to try to figure it out. This is our first time with Zoom, so we're just trying to keep our social distancing. Um, okay, so need him to. Okay, so that number is seven eight one eight three seven four nine zero zero. So perfect. Um, so I just thought it would be interesting to have him join us tonight because we heard about the tiger. Yes, and the I'm tiger. Really curious. I mean, you know that we started that Facebook group, mm -hmm. the Quarantine Cuties, yep. and it just seems to be bringing a smile to our face. So I know last week, Ken, one of the things that you emphasized is that a lot of this seems it's it's very 
stressful. Um, it's really, you know, it just it all seems negative, negative, negative that we thought maybe we would bring on a priest. Um, so I'm going to try to do that for next week. But this week, I also have a guest calling in. Uh, she is a friend and a past client. And it's Dr. Uh, nope, she isn't a doctor. It's Ann Jolis. Um, her husband is Dr. Jolis, by the way. Um, and we do have the doctor on the line, Sharon. You do. Yay. Okay. Dr. Shaw, can you hear us okay? I can hear you this time. Okay, I'm so sorry about that. This is our first time uh, trying to do the Zoom, and we're not in studio, so we're just trying to get all the pieces working together. So I really, really appreciate your patience with us. It's not a problem at all. I'm great. And I know you have another call coming on. So, um, again, I was telling everybody that you are the, I believe it's the regional um, director, right, medical director of all the VCA hospitals? All right, perfect. Um, so we thought that it would be interesting to have you on this evening uh, because we wanted to, we heard about the tiger getting COVID and a lot of people have some questions regarding pets and all of those curious things. So I was hoping maybe you could answer a couple questions. I guess the first and foremost is can pets contract COVID and if they do, can they then give it to humans? No, it's a good question. Um, and we're still learning a lot about the disease, obviously. But right now it appears that at least some pets can contract COVID-19 um, from their owners. Uh, and it's been seen in a couple of cases in Asia as well as one in Europe. Um, however, it's important to point out that the total number of pets that's been tested compared to the number that have come back positive from COVID households is exceedingly small. Um, and that at worst, those pets had very mild clinical signs. So um, while it appears that a small number of pets can become infected, it doesn't appear to be the same life-threatening disease that we see in people. And then the next question, of course, is what about people and can they catch it from their pets? And at this point, it doesn't appear that that's the case. Um, There is no evidence that animals can transmit the disease to their owners. So even if your animal were to catch COVID from you, it's not possible for it to spread it further within your household. Okay, that's great news then. And will will pets, do you think, will they have the same symptoms that, like how would you even sort of think that maybe something's wrong? Yeah, so the symptoms that have been most commonly reported um, are a little bit of lethargy, um, cough, and signs more of an upper respiratory tract infection than the lung involvement that we see in people. Okay. And um, one of my other questions was, so if, you know, uh, my daughter actually thought of this question, uh, she's a big pet lover. If, say somebody was near a dog and like out at a dog park or something, because I know that like they haven't shut the dog parks and everyone's just trying to keep their distance. But if somebody was there and let's say sneezed or coughed near your dog and, you know, something landed on the dog and then somebody patted the dog, I mean, how long will it last on the fur? That's a good question, and we don't know for sure. Um, We know that the virus, for example, on a clean surface like stainless steel can last for a number of days. The thought that that it um, it can last on a dog's fur for probably somewhere between 24 and 72 hours at the absolute longest. Mm -hmm. Which is sort of a long time if you think about, I mean, I don't go, you know, our dog is petted all night long, you know what I mean, by several of us. So uh, that is sort of, sort of, so maybe it's best just to not go to the dog parks at this point. 
Yeah, I think the risk of your dog getting um, COVID on its fur from a casual contact is pretty low. Um, It is something my teams worry about as we are treating animals from COVID-positive homes where just the amount of virus they're likely to be exposed to is is much, much higher than a casual contact um, out in the... uh, out of the dog park. Which is actually brings me right up to my next question. So what types of adjustments are being made at the VCA hospitals in order to protect the safety of your staff and for, you know, the patients who, you know, maybe some <coughs> of the parents of these, you know, some of these humans of your patients, uh, maybe some do have COVID. How are you, how are you handling things now? I know that things have changed in a lot of industries. Yeah, no, we've, we've had to change and adapt just like every other industry and we continue to do so. We remain committed to being there and taking care of pets and their people. Uh, and the biggest thing that people will notice as they, as they visit a, a VCA hospital, really any veterinary hospital these days, is that we're not having a lot of people come into the practice. Um, we're meeting them in the parking lot. We're bringing their pets into the hospital without the people in order to um, provide as much distancing from our teams as possible. Uh, and that's the biggest thing that people will notice. The other thing that they'll notice is that there are certain procedures we might choose to postpone until after um, this crisis is over in order to help to, um, in order to limit the exposure of our staff and um, prevent from, and to prevent ourselves from um, using equipment unnecessarily, because just like in the human healthcare field, we're working hard to preserve our equipment. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, too. So you must be feeling a little bit of an impact on that as well, not having the supplies that you need for your staff and everything. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're in a good place um, right now. Um, we're being careful with the supplies that we have. We don't are going through them in the same clip, luckily, that they are in the human hospital. So our existing supplies uh, um, have been adequate for us to this point, and we're um, using them as conservatively as we possibly can. All right, perfect. Well, thank you for all that information. But I want to get onto a couple happier type questions because sure. this is how I roll. Um, how I want to end our interview tonight is: Have you been seeing an influx, maybe, of people adopting dogs right now because they are working from home and maybe it's a good time for them to start training a puppy or, you know, just adopting a dog because it will give them companionship. Yeah, it is potentially a good time to bring a new pet into your house. You know, you're, lots of people are home a lot more than they are normally. It gives you a great time to get to know that new pet, to get it acclimated to your home. Um, a lot less stress-free when it comes to things like potty training a new puppy when you're home all day. So there's a lot of advantages potentially doing it. But you have to remember, there's going to come a time when we all have to go back to work um, outside mm-hmm. of the house again, making sure that we're not over-committing to an animal that we just can't keep. Um, once we get back to uh, to our normal life. And so I think while it's certainly an opportunity, um, if your lifestyle just doesn't allow you to have a pet long term, I know that there are a lot of shelters out there that are looking for foster opportunities in order to limit the number of pets that are currently in shelters. So even as a temporary option, there's an opportunity to bring a pet into your life. Oh, that's a really, actually, that's a great idea. My daughter down in Clemson actually started with fostering before she adopted Tallulah, so it all worked out well. Um, But that actually brings me to another question, too, with, um, you know, with the pets, and I I never thought about that, is now 
<laughs> this is sort of funny because I started this new um, page on Facebook. It's called Quarantined Cuties, and it's just about everybody posting pictures of happy times with their, you know, their four-legged or furry friends. And you know, we're wondering what what the heck are the dogs thinking? What are the animals thinking? Are they saying like, why are these humans here so much? And then when they go back, when these people go back to work. Do you think we're going to have, you know, some separation anxiety and things like that that's going to happen with the dogs? Yeah, dogs are creatures of habit, as are cats, right? They, they get into mm-hmm. a routine. They like their routine. They know when they want to be fed. They know when they want to go out. And if you don't abide by that schedule, they're usually happy to remind you. And so I suspect that there were a lot of pets as our routines changed that had to get used to them. And I know my dogs have now adjusted to our new routine. Uh, and it'll take them some time to adjust once we get back to our, our normal life where we're getting up and heading out to school and work and, and all of those things every day. Most dogs and cats are really, really flexible, but there are those that struggle with change. And, you know, if you have one of those, you probably know it and are going to have to pay particular attention to them because they could get into issues where they start displaying anxiety from being alone. Well, one of the things is I have an um, English bulldog, and, uh, you know, this <laughs> she sleeps all day long. So now I'm home, and if I make a noise, she gives me that stink eye. Like, <laughs> who invited you to my party, you know? So, um, but um, that's the life of having a bulldog, for sure. So, um, yeah, she's used to seeing you them? only get her hours, right? She doesn't, she doesn't necessarily want you there all day, which is surprising. No. You think that they would want her there all the time. Oh, no, I, I, I assure you, I can read her mind, and um, I can't say any of the things she's thinking on the air right now, so <laughs> I'm sure there's rules and regulations against that. Uh, but, Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for calling in, and I know that this was last minute. Uh, can you just let all our listeners know exactly, you know, again, what your title is and your responsibility there at VCA and um, how they can get in touch with um, your services or the animal um, hospitals that you take care of? Sure. So I'm the regional medical director for all the VCA hospitals in the Northeast. Um, And you can find us at vcahospitals.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much. I really appreciate it. And maybe after this is all over, we can have you on for a big segment because my real estate um, show is really what this is. It's a real estate show, but uh, we've been donating all of our time to this most important cause because uh, it's not about really selling homes. It's about staying home right now. So that's what we want to make sure we're emphasizing for people. But I'd love to have you back so we can talk about uh, sort of the what happens to dogs and cats and everything when we do go through the moving process. So I'd love to have you back someday. Nope, it would be my pleasure. All right. Thank you again, Dr. Shaw. Thank you for having me. So wasn't that interesting, you guys? Was that a nice little surprise for you guys? You didn't ask anything about the tiger. About the tiger. Oh, I don't care about the tiger. I've been watching Tiger King. (laughs) (laughs) We do have our next caller on the air, Representative Cutler on the line. Outstanding. Lisa, you're so good at this. Introduce who our next caller is. Our our next caller is the fantabulous State Representative Josh Cutler. (laughs) <laughs> well, I got hey, Josh, right, huh? how are you? Do you have well, bags under your eyes yet, or what? What's going on out there with uh, you? <laughs> I'm okay. Although, you know, I need a little makeup from my, before my Zoom meetings now these days, but uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, <laughs> how are you all? There is a filter that you can find on the there Zoom. There is a filter on Zoom. <laughs> find yeah. the filter. Uh, find the filter. Don't trust it. 
So, Josh, I know a lot has happened. I've been watching, and this is Sharon, by the way, and I've you know yeah. been watching the governor a couple times this week, the mayor. Uh, Marty, he means business right now, um, you know, with the masks and all that. Yep. Um, I'm just curious what you are seeing in our neck of the woods and how things are looking and how you think things are going to progress. Yeah, so lots of lots of news um, <laughs> just in the last couple of days, as, as you know. Uh, I know you're following things very carefully. Maybe listening. Um, the governor spoke again today. Had a number of announcements. Um, some good news on the testing front. We uh, had opened uh, actually yesterday opened up a first responder testing facility in Foxborough. You may have seen that on the news. Um, folks who are first responders or frontline personnel can can get uh, testing through through there, which is a great resource. And then today announced um, sort of a breakthrough at a CVS site. This has happened to be in Lowell. They're going to be doing what I would call instant testing. Uh, through this uh, test put out by Abbott Labs, and uh, they expect to be able to administer a thousand tests a day, uh, and you can get results on site, which is a big, big sort of a quantum leap. Um, mm. And and so that's being booked. You have to make an appointment, and it's you go to cvs.com, and you can you can make an appointment. And obviously, you, know, you may have to travel up to Lowell for that, which is a little bit of a hike for us. But for folks who you know, for it's important, that's that's a great resource to have. Uh, you the still first don't, you, you don't have to have your, um, you don't have to go through your primary care physician first? You make an appointment through CVS, so yeah, you should okay. be able to do that. Um, I haven't actually logged into CVS and gone through that because I, I don't need to, but um, but yeah, I presume that that's the case, yeah. Okay. So right. the CVS is for anyone, you just have to make an appointment, the, the, the Foxborough site is for first responders. So those are two big um, sort of breakthroughs, I would say, that were, were great. Um, a lot of focus on PPE. <laughs> Actually, the two acronyms I hear talk about the most today are PPP and PPE. And I, my, my, my young daughter's in the probably working at me. She's probably, <laughs> what, what is Daddy talking about? Um, but, um, you know, we got some PPE deliveries uh, just over the weekend, thanks to, you know, uh, partially thanks to the Patriots and, and, and the delivery there. Uh, I know in Hanson and, and um, uh, the Hanson Police Department, I believe in Pembroke and, and Duxbury, all of the communities got some PPE. E deliveries. Uh, Pembroke Hospital got some, so we're starting to see those those requests be filled. Obviously, we still have a lot of need, as I know Lisa is very aware and, and working on um, all the time. Um, so that's we're seeing some progress there. The governor also came out today with a, a new uh, plan to pump uh, 800 million dollars into our healthcare system, um, half of which would go to hospitals. Um, as you probably you know know, we, we, we hospitals make their money off of um, you know. Uh, non-essential services, non-essential, you know, uh, surgeries and so forth. And not being able to do those is sort of a double whammy. They're not getting the revenue that covers everything else, and then they're also getting crushed with this extra caseload. So that would help support and prop up some of our community hospitals because obviously we can't afford to lose them. Also some additional funding for nursing homes because that's a big area. So a lot of new developments today. Those are sort of some of the highlights um, from, the, from the governor's press conference Things that I um, that I heard is Marty Walsh putting the curfew on just to try to limit, you know, the time that people are out there to stop the spread. Do you first, what do you think about that step, that next step? And two, do you think that something like that should be initiated, or do you think it will be initiated on the South Shore? Yeah, that's a big question. Yeah, so, I mean, so, I mean, the, the, Sorry, uh, don't mind me. The, 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 
Yeah. Oh, I'm getting a little bit of an echo here. Hopefully you can hear me. The uh, the mayor, um, obviously, in a city, it's a little easier you know, mechanically to have a curfew than it would be for, like, the South Shore. Because it's, you know, it's not a, mm-hmm. a it's defined geographic re- region. I think, obviously, there's a smart step. Obviously, you know, um, folks, many, mo- you know, I would say most folks are adhering to social distancing and doing what they should be doing. There are folks who, who don't seem to do that. And, um, you know, we want to get the message through to them. And I know... Um, at the local level, I know people in Pembroke are doing a fantastic job at that, but you know, you do see, still see, uh, examples of, um, in, in other areas where people aren't, um, following the rules and, you know, that leads to things like getting the beaches closed and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely something you need to consider. Uh, it's not a mandatory curfew, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, um, guidance. So I think it's a good step to take to try to limit, uh, people, uh, in a common sense way. So I, I don't know if we'll see that on a statewide basis. Um, in some parts of the state, it might be more important than in others. Obviously, in more urban areas, I think it would be more relevant and, and less you know, rural. Yeah, I know in some other states, I've noticed that they're giving fines to people who are actually on the beach. So, Mark, my husband, um, is down and working on a house down in Hull. And one of the things he said is, yeah, the parking lots are closed, but everybody's just like parking up and down, like off side streets, and they're just walking over to the beach. So at what point do we implement something where, oh, hey, we yeah. just really, just for two weeks and or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because, you know, you, you, that's taxing the resources of, you know, the, the whole police department, the whole the fire department, which is probably the worst time to be doing that. Um, we need to have those folks focus on, you know, on, on uh, all the other duties that they have. Um, so, you know, I haven't heard of too many uh, issues with that around here, um, at least. I know in Duxbury the, the the beach is closed down and they do have a you know police presence there, um, mm-hmm. but it's certainly something people need to be mindful of because it does you know we can't afford to take resources away from you know, sort of the front the front lines quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Okay. One, one thing that I wanted to mention, yep. mm-hmm. uh, just one thing I wanted to mention if I could because we've talked about this the last few times uh, about this whole unemployment assistance and um, mm-hmm. I think we're getting really close to. Um, Listeners may be aware that CARES Act that was passed by Congress has um, benefits for folks who are self-employed or 1099, you know, what we call gig economy workers, who aren't normally covered by unemployment insurance, and a lot of them are unfortunately are impacted by this. And the CARES Act includes new benefits so that folks in those um, buckets can get uh, unemployment insurance benefits. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the federal government to kind of have the final directive so that we could start the program here in Massachusetts. And Governor Baker said today that he thinks we're getting very close, and he said he expects or hopes that the program will be up this week. So that's really good news because that would mean, you know, mm-hmm. by Friday, I would, you know, that would be this week. So my, my, my definition, uh, I kind of heard that, you know, Wednesday or Thursday was a, a day they may have some announcements. So I, I think people should, should take careful attention for the next couple of days. Hopefully we'll have some good news. And then once that uh, happens and the, the switch is flipped and then the folks who, um, you know, again, who, who wouldn't normally be eligible for those benefits will be eligible. And they're, they're, very, they're much more generous uh, unemployment benefits than they are traditionally because it includes an extra $600 uh, in, um, in benefits per claim and also an additional amount of weeks. So definitely something for anybody out there who's, you know, sadly who's, who's uh, underemployed, unemployed, to take a look at that. And um, stay tuned for hopefully a, a good announcement within a few days. 
And I and I just wanted to thank you, Josh, because I know you have helped so many constituents in your area and people that have come up to me after the fact not knowing that you don't have to be 100% unemployed. You can be underemployed and have a claim. Yep. You can be self-employed. And I know so many people are struggling with that and also struggling with with, with mass health because we know that some of those things aren't the, the, the easiest things to maneuver around. And you've done so much to, to help guide people through that, you and your staff. So one, a huge thank you. And two, to um, please keep up the good work because most of these folks have no place else to turn. And I know you've been the quote unquote savings grace yeah. to help them move through it. So thank you for that. Yes. Thanks. Thank and I, I got to, I, I don't know if they're listening, but I got to give a plug to, to my staff, Cole and, and, and PG. Your staff and, is awesome. And, and her, her <laughs> are great. Cause they're, they're really, <laughs> they make me look good. <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody coming, you know, here every Tuesday night and you calling in right at 630 uh, just to give an update. I know I've bumped into a couple people, not literally, uh, but people have texted me and said that they listen every week and they do really look forward to just your update because things are changing so quickly. So uh, yeah. we all appreciate you taking care of us. Absolutely. Uh, and while I, I, I want to, <laughs> is that Ken? Hey, that was uh, I wanted French. to mention. Yeah, I, I, I figured. You know, um, the uh, the other the other acronym I mentioned, PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. I know we've talked about, but I wanted to bring that up again because some banks are now starting to take applications. Um, and I think for any folk, anybody who's a small business out there listening, or a self-employed or independent contractor, uh, one really great program is this Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP. You may have already heard about it. And um, it's basically a, it's called a loan, but it's really a grant because a lot of the, the money can be forgiven. So essentially you're getting a grant as long as you're keeping your payroll intact and keeping your employees on the payroll. Um, so for a long time we were waiting for that, for guidance from the SBA, and then we're sort of waiting for lenders to open the application process. And literally just like starting yesterday, um, some lenders in our area have started to take applications. So if you are in that, um, meet those criteria, I would really strongly recommend that you take a look at the PPP program. It's, there's not an infinite amount of money in it, so eventually they will run out. Uh, Congress has talked about re, re-upping it, and uh, we hope they will, but I, it still pays to, to kind of you know, be the early worm here, I think. So um, I would strongly recommend folks to contact a local bank, and most banks are just doing this with their existing customers because there's such a mad crush of people wanting to apply. So it, it's helpful if you already have a relationship with you know, a local bank, obviously. Um, and to, to contact your local bank and, and, and really get that those that paperwork together because I think that's a really great benefit that people don't want to miss out on. So, yeah, I think that's an enormous opportunity for the small business owners to, to take advantage of. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, so I mean, it's, you'll never get a better deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll, you'll never get a better. You know, you get a, a loan you don't have to pay back, and by the way, you don't have to put up collateral, you don't have to pay uh, an origination fee, and you don't have to offer a personal guarantee. So it's. <laughs> You're never going to get a loan like that. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, you just, you, and which is right, which is which is a, and that's why they're doing it. Frankly, they want to, you know, it's an obviously our public interest to to keep everybody employed, and um, that just helps everybody, and so that's why they're Absolutely. doing it. But um, and Josh, I have one yeah. more question too. So this past weekend on sure. Saturday, actually, I did the radio show with Alyssa McNamara Reed from uh, McNamara Financial and McNamara Money. Yeah. And we had a caller, and uh, Tom from Kingston, and he had a very good question. I actually reached out to my accountant, and he didn't know the answer. Maybe you do. He said, "Oh wait, you your have... accountant didn't know the answer, and I, now you're gonna." <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, just boy. curious. Okay. Maybe you do. If you don't know, that's okay too. But I said that's another role you play. I'll give it. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just in regard to the CARES Act. So um, yeah. one of the questions that um, he had was if you had um, somebody who deceased in, I think it was like 2019, and they're going to be fi- like their taxes will be filed. Will that person still get that rebate check? Like, will the the will the estate or the surviving oh. spouse get that? That's a great question. I, I don't know the answer to that. I, okay. uh, yeah. So if someone was, the your thing, question is like if looking, someone is deceased and within you know 2019, I, my guess would be no. But I'm just I'm just you know I I think you'd have to be alive uh right now to to, to claim that but um, i don't know the answer that is a great question though yeah because if they have to file their their point was well if they have to file their taxes even though they deceased in 2019 it's not about it's the the reason most people have to file their taxes so they have a way to pay you um that that's why they're doing it that way because you know they don't want to be sending out checks because that obviously costs money so they're doing you know anybody who has a who filed taxes they're, they're they know how to reach you so that's how they're giving you your check they're not using that as a precondition to give you the check, though. Um, so, yeah, because there are folks who don't file taxes, and um, you know that's going to take them longer to get their checks to get to get the. Yeah, that's a I just, you know, I figured I would ask. So my, maybe you would know the question, but answer. But you know what? I'm yeah. sure you'll be texting me in about three minutes, anyways. When you find out, <laughs> that's like a little bit the, tougher than when the math bar. At the bar. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that is a good Perfect. question. I, I am. I am a little stumped, so. I thought okay, I knew it all, perfect. but I, I certainly don't. I'm Any, going with you on the you have to be alive part. I, I would think so. Yeah. I, I think that's almost <laughs> That would be my guess. We, yeah. Well, you know, there's nothing certain but death and taxes. I'm pretty sure death cancels right. taxes. <laughs> and then and that, that's two of those things, either. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Josh, again, thank you so much. And Josh, thanks I, for all you do. Yeah. Can you give the website again so people can find you and get maybe some of these oh, yeah, questions sure. uh, that they might have? Absolutely. And thank you guys for all that you're doing. Um, so, if, yeah, folks need to reach me or need help i have a lot of information on my website it's just joshcutler.com or also on on facebook uh, my facebook page uh, facebook.com josh cutler so please feel free to reach out perfect well and thank cole you rocks cole's gonna block my number cole if you're listening please don't <laughs> my number. you know you love me here in Pembroke yes and well cole lives in boston so i don't know if he's, he he can listen here but i'll, I'll make sure he knows that oh i i'm pretty sure he follows all things josh so he probably listens to the replay <laughs> he probably does Probably does. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Good chat with you. All right. We'll talk to you next week. All Thank right. you so much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Again, bye-bye. that was Josh Cutler, who is our state representative here from Pembroke and where is he? Pembroke Hanson. Pembroke Hanson, Duxbury. And Duxbury. Yeah. So, um, so right now, you guys, what time do we have? I don't have my glasses on. 6.59? It is uh, 10 of 7. 10 of 7. All right. Perfect. So our plan from here is going to be we're going to give you uh, some time to give some highlights, and we'll talk about some things. 7, Seven o'clock, we'll have Angelus calling in so we can talk about some things that people can do uh, for their stress level. And I know you guys have been giving me good advice so last week it was don't watch cnn anymore and then but you didn't say anything about watching videos but what did the health agent say she was going to do if you kept watching <laughs> yeah, these newsreels over and over so everyone at home can know that the health agent threatened to go over and cut the cable I to her house know. so she'd have to stop watching some I of this know. so um, sadly though i did end up with them um, a little case of the shingles so that that's but, but again your your nerves i i think we've touched on this before and i'll just touch on it again and and that's why i'm so glad you have this other guest coming in that 
it, it's good to be concerned. It's yeah. good to have a plan and it's good to be cautious. It is not good mm. to watch these endless news cycles, um, some of them very sad, some of them very frightening. And, and to sit and watch that and absorb that all day long Ugh. is not healthy. And mm-hmm. we, we talked in the beginning that a healthy mind and body, if assaulted by a virus or something else, is going to do better than mm-hmm. a, a mind or a body that is stressed. Yes. So, you know, that there's a there's a fine line between wanting to be well informed and allowing this mm-hmm. to envelop your entire life and it should not envelop your entire life and it's funny that that topic's coming up now so i'm very i'm dying to hear what your other guest has to say but that actually was a topic at our pima discussion this morning how mm-hmm. are you stepping away and the fact that <clears throat> yes so many of us are essential and and 24/7 but to carve out some time Mm-hmm. to step away and to step away from this and give your mind a break, give your body a break because, 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 Whoa, because sorry, that was my fault. That was my fault. That's all right. I like you anyway. So if you, that was pretty cool. It yeah, was, I, I was like, wow, I'm going to start rapping. And I, I didn't know, even I do like, anything. DJ. Know, apparently we have a reverb button. I, didn't uh, know that. I, I am impressed. But if you do allow that to envelop your whole life, it, it will have detrimental effects. So mm-hmm. we, we, even at this level um, of, of, case monitoring and reaction. We all talked about that this morning about how we're all going to take some little time away. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's it's easy to say right now, you know, I can put this calm, positive face on it, yeah. but, but understand that each and every one of us have our moments. Each and every one of us calls one another or texts one another, mm-hmm. um, probably uses inappropriate language, <laughs> um, you know, stamps around angrily. And, and that's where we're all here for each other, you know, mm-hmm. within Team Pima, where we're all there for each other to help support all that. Um, but do give yourself a break. Do yeah. do take a walk, uh, do knit, sew, do watch mm-hmm. ridiculously funny comedies on TV. <laughs> give give yourself a break. <laughs> go with the dogs. Go play with the dogs, you yeah. know. But Sharon sees me every day, so. Yeah, yeah the, her dog. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. Yes, I, I steal away a half an hour every morning and a half an hour every evening to, to walk my dogs in solitude around a cranberry bog, not near any other human being. And that's, that's my reset. That's my, you know, the one thing that helps me sort of get away, I love like designing things on Canva and like marketing and all that stuff. So I literally go on there and I completely get lost. And it's like the only thing I'm thinking about is is, very healthy. Yeah. So is it like off a quarter of an inch, but then I thought, Oh, maybe I'll do adult coloring. And you know what I freaked out about? the colors of purple I was going to use. I was like, what is wrong with me suddenly? <laughs> so, but I did speak with Angela. So I said, she's a life coach and she's going to be calling in um, again at seven o'clock. That's awesome. And, um, you know, she said, Sharon, I can, and I've known her for years. She's like, I can literally feel the anxiety through the telephone right now. Like you need to calm down. And it, the, the problem is, is I know I can't fix it. And I'm just, I just feel like I'm always fixing things, you know, like, and I, and I do a pretty good job doing that. You know, we have all these hurdles and everything that's come up with COVID and how we how it relates to real estate and like today an issue. And so guess what the banks are starting to do? They're starting to do um, the appraisals, reappraising properties. Well, something came in like $10,000 less than it was two weeks ago for some reason or another, you know what I mean? So like there's always moving pieces to everything that we're doing. So um, why don't you guys give again? So Ken, what's going on, going on over the fire department and things over there? Uh, thanks for joining us. Status quo. Let, let's yeah. be clear. We always need um, yeah. Our calls have ticked up a little bit, but not much. We're waiting for the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we're we're just kind of you know doing what we our part, social distancing. Mm-hmm. And I saw that you guys had to. Well, I didn't know until I saw that you you know some things on Facebook. But that you, there was a big fire. Was there a big fire? There was, there was, a, there was a fire, a log pile fire that that <laughs> caught on fire. You know, so we still got to do those calls. Yeah. Just because the COVID nineteen here doesn't mean all you know everything else stops. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing. We're doing everything that we did before. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, we're just thinking about how we go about it. Yeah. Well, because of that log fire, I didn't get a fire truck by my house yeah. to sing happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then, you know, these good, these couple good days that we've had, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to bring people up. People are going to want to go out. Yeah. And I get it. Mm-hmm. Here. We just five need to. Out. Oh, five minutes out. We just need to, um, we need to suck it up for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. That's it. So what are you thinking about, you know, I went into, I tend to go into the stores earlier. So on Mondays I do my shopping for my mom and for my dad and they live separately. And I went in there with a scarf on and, you know, just wrapped around me and everything. And everybody seems to be doing a very, very good job. However, there was a woman that was in there and she was a senior and she didn't have any gloves on. She didn't have a mask on. I saw her literally like just touching things like they just very touchy, you know, touching things on the shelves and, and just, you know, like just touching everything. And I saw her a few times because, you know, when you're, you're shopping for other people, it's like you're not used to your, your regular routine. And I was like, oh, yeah, my dad needed that. I'm over there. And so I saw her several times and I just went up to her at one point and I was like, hi, you know, I, I just, you know, I've noticed you in the store a couple of times. And I was just like, you know, do you have any hand sanitizer? And I just happened to have this hand sanitizer that I had from the office. And I, I had like a couple new ones right in my bag and in my pocket. And I always have my wipes with me. And I wiped them off and she's like, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to give one to my husband. And, but it was like, she almost didn't understand the seriousness of what was going on. And I said to her, I was like, you really need to be careful. Like, don't be touching everything. I said, just use that hand sanitizer. So how do you get the message across to maybe this generation that just maybe isn't seeing it? Sometimes you can't. Yeah. You do your best. You do what you can. You do the best part or the best thing that you can. And then you just kind of move on. Well, part of me was wondering why someone wasn't there doing the shopping for her, but maybe she doesn't have somebody, yes, and I get people it. People are alone. Some people yeah. are alone. And then it, um, there's a popular saying, and I, I bet your friends can mention this. There's a popular saying when we deal with mental health of meeting someone where they are. And, mm-hmm. and that phrase came about to not everyone is going to communicate and process information and have the capacity or the memory to have the kind of conversation that that you and I are having right now that the average person will understand. So, um, and I know this is as true as in the the fire department, Ken, and you get these calls too. Well, I saw so-and-so doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, who is so and so? What is so and so's capacity for understanding? Mm-hmm. I think, I think the knee jerk reaction, and and it's driven by fear, and it's a fair concern, not unlike your own, is to say, but this person doesn't get it. They're not doing the right things. Does that person even understand what the right things are? What is their mm-hmm. limit of understanding? What is their mental capacity? What is their memory? I well, mean, there's people literally. Yeah. You can go through all this stuff the day before mm-hmm. and one night sleep. And it's gone the next. We see that a lot in, in, in the medical, and I'm sure you see it in the transports, Ken. We, we see it all the time, but I, I'm going to take it a step further. There are people who just don't care. Yeah. There, well, there is that. What so do you the, think the situation was with the guy in Kingston spitting all over the produce? Oh, I think he definitely has a, a mental sure? I thought so too. limit of some sort. What, a disconnect. <clears throat> I mean, what, what causes anyone to to go into any kind of a violent rage or, or anything else? Obviously, there's something wrong there. Most people, again, there's always the... the, the 
the the random bad person, the yeah. just genuinely bad person. But most of the time, I, I don't want to speak for Kim, but when I see it, it it's someone that generally has a, a disconnect from reality mm-hmm. on some level. And that makes it more difficult to, to talk to people. Like I went out of my way to a woman, a complete stranger, and I probably overstepped my boundaries by doing that. But again, this thing with me having this genuine concern for everybody I'm near, I just felt the need to say, like, do you know that you need hand sanitizer? And then I was like, oh, let me show you how it works. And I like yep. used my thing and I was like, put out your hands. And I sprayed it like right on her hands. I said, now you just rub it together. And that's you though. That's, yeah. that's your whole entire makeup. Yeah. And you would spend three and a half days there. I, I would. Until she got it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Which was fine. I don't have the patience for three and a half days. Yeah. So I don't I'm have gonna, the time. I'm going to yeah. do my pot. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to tell her why and what we have to do. Yeah. And then if if we can't get it through, barring any of those issues that Lisa uh-huh. talked about, then I'm just going to, I gave, it, a, I gave yeah. it my best. And she really did appreciate yeah, it. She I was gave like, it my best. So much, you and, know. Mm. And then you just kind of move on. I've told you a million thousand times. Yeah. Sure, we do have to take that AP break. Okay, well, perfect. We must be at the top of the hour at 7 o'clock. So we're going to take take that break. And then when we return, we're going to have Ann Jolis uh, joining us. She's an author as well. And she is also the founder of The Grace Trail. So I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, So we'll be right back. WATD-FM Marshfield, WMEX Quincy, WBMS Brockton, and Translator W266DA Brockton. The South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather. WATD, streaming online at 959WATD.com. And with your smart speaker, just by saying play WATD. AP News. I'm Jackie Quinn. New York City's death toll from the coronavirus has now eclipsed the number of deaths from the 9-11 attacks on the city, with more than 3,200 people dying. Statewide, it's more than 5,000, a sad number, says Governor Cuomo. Behind every one of those numbers is an individual, is a family, is a mother, is a father, is a sister, is a brother. It's so bad in New York, the National Funeral Directors Association is asking the governor to waive certain rules so hundreds of professionals from other states can help in New York. Pennsylvania smashed its single-day high for virus deaths, recording 78 more fatalities. The health department in Louisiana says it's finding a disproportionate number of virus victims are black. Our Tim McGuire reports. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards says African Americans make up 30% of the state's population, but... Just over 70% of the COVID-19-related deaths in Louisiana or deaths of African Americans. Edwards and state health officials also say that two-thirds of those who have died in Louisiana had high blood pressure. Similar numbers have emerged in Chicago, higher COVID-19 infections among Hispanic residents as well as blacks. In Britain, Prime Minister Boris Johnson remains in intensive care with the virus. But in China, authorities have lifted the 11-week-old lockdown in Wuhan, where the pandemic began. The acting secretary of the Navy has resigned over the uproar that he fired and condemned a captain seeking help for his infected crew. President Trump says... Your secretary probably shouldn't have said quite what he said. Uh, He didn't have to resign, but he felt it would be better for the country. So, you know, I think it's... uh, it will end it quickly. Stocks ended in the red today, but just slightly after crude prices dropped. This is AP News. This evening, on the dry side, 
and late tonight, a shower around in the low 40s. And tomorrow will start damp with a shower or two in the mid-40s, staying on the cool side. Tomorrow night, some clearing, a low 42. Thursday, more cloudiness and rain will move back in later in the day as it becomes windy. And Friday, a passing shower, feeling cold with a gusty wind, highs near 48. Saturday will dry out and turn pleasant. And the temperature not far from 60 away from a sea breeze on Easter Sunday. For WATD, I'm meteorologist Rob Gilman. My daughter wants a pair of shoes that have those little wheels built in to make them skates. I told her she has to wait until her birthday, which is 167 days away, an eternity for a six-year-old. This idea of delayed gratification is all too uncommon in our society, but is an underlying theme with the clients that I work with. Not many people can build a nest egg and thus a secure financial future by being impulsive. This is Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Give me a call if I can help you with your delayed gratification, which I'm sure will be worth the wait. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. Myself, Shore Neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, and I have Melissa Wallace here with me. We have Mary Baker, I think, joining us through Zoom. We also have our regular co hosts that are with <laughs> us every single week now uh, for the past five weeks. So we have uh, Kent McCormick with us, who is the Deputy Chief of the Fire Department, as well as Lisa Colady, who is the uh, Pembroke Board of Health agent. So we have them with us, and we have Melissa gearing up and getting everything going. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I've been in the basement. Yes, I know. Just that mic down a little bit. Yep. I didn't realize that you were still here. So um, I'm glad that you're joining us, actually. I'm everywhere. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> so we are continuing on our conversations regarding COVID-19. And uh, both Ken and Lisa have been great to come here every week. And, um, you know, one of the things that Melissa, Mary, and I have been talking about is, you know, our, our radio show is supposed to be about, you know, telling people about buying and selling homes. But the biggest piece of advice that I can tell people right now is stay home. That's that's just my message. Um, and I hope that we're doing something here on Tuesday nights just to get that message across. Because mm -hmm. uh, there is no place like home. So just no. stay there. You have the opportunity, no. <laughs> you know, um, and stay safe. And um, again, we're, uh, we had the veterinarian on earlier. He gave some good advice. And right now on the phone also, or through Zoom, is she through Zoom? She's through Zoom. Through Zoom. All right, oh, great. Zoom. Zoom. Um, I was hoping that we would be able to see her. There must be a, something on there that we can change, but we have Ann Jolis with us. Hello, Ann. Let me try and patch Let her in through, through, through the phone lines. Oh, goodness. Okay. Zoom is failing us. Yeah. I'm sad. Ms. Jolis, can you there? Ms. Jolis, can you there? Hello. Hi. I'm here. Okay. Hi. Oh, oh, oh. Yep. Sharon? Yep, Ian, I think you have to shut off your computer. Yep, shut off your computer and just keep your phone on. There we go. I yes. think that it did. So I think what we, yep. So I think what we have to change is we did a webinar. So I think that we have to change it to a meeting. Yep. Can you hear us? We can hear oh, you. Sad. Yep. And we can hear you. Are you on your phone? Yes. Phone or if she's on the computer? You should be on the phone line at the moment. Yeah, Hi there. Ann, you be Here we go. Hear us. Do you have your phone? 
I have my phone here, yeah. You can oh, hear there us. There we go. Now she's got us. You can hear I can us hear now. you. Yes, I, sh- I was on Zoom. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was on Zoom, and I was watching you. And hoping to get hoping to get patched in there, but I didn't. And so I yeah. shut Zoom off, and now we're here. Yeah. Yay. So we yeah we're just having some problems with Zoom. We did it as a webinar. We think maybe next week we'll try it as a meeting and see if that helps. Um, so I think that that was the problem. But uh, we I are did. back on the BrickLink right now as well. Okay. I'm back on what? All right, great. He's just giving me some technical talk. We're back oh. on the brick link. Not that it matters to anybody else because that isn't really what we have. But anyways, <laughs> um, so we have Ann Jolis who is joining us right now. And Ann is a, uh, a good friend of mine. She is a life coach. She is an author. And she is the founder of um, the Grace Trail. And I think that this Grace Trail is awesome. And I know you're going to talk about it. But Ann, I was telling them earlier when we were talking um, about my stress level and how you could literally fail it coming through the telephone lines. So I don't think I'm alone in this. So I was just hoping that maybe you could give some insight and maybe give some people just, you know, you always keep it real. I always need my Ann in my life. <laughs> so uh, what are some of your two bits of advice for people? Uh, you're awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'd just like to go back to um, our conversation when I said to you I could feel the anxiety coming through the phone. People need to know that anxiety is so contagious. It is, you know, if, if it really anxious, like the person in the supermarket that you were talking about earlier that was running around, touching everything, and her anxiety was probably off the charts. And you, of course, being as empathic as you are, you felt it, and it's, it's really a situation right now where we're all playing off each other's emotions and nerves. And it's, if you know this, Sharon, right, since you are so in touch with other people, that it's your responsibility to stay as calm as possible because otherwise you're just triggering other people and um, to, be, to be anxious. So all of us, if we can find our footing and ground ourselves in... Um, in a karma place, then certainly the news wants us to be, or I, I don't know. Uh, it's so easy to fall into the deep hole of worry, despair, anxiety, and and let me just tell you, there's a lot. There is a lot going on that that is worrisome. There's a lot going on that um, is tragic. So it's not. I'm not saying to anyone pretend, and I'm not saying to anyone, ignore the people who are really suffering. Um, I'm saying that somehow each of us has to find our footing and find our way so that we can function and cope and manage and be ready for when challenges come our way. Because if you're anxious, um, that's no way to meet the challenges that are ahead for us. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And one of the things, like I'm holding your cards in front of me, your hope cards. So um, yep. I have, and I also have uh, your two books, uh, but they yep. still haven't made it onto a shelf yet since we moved into our new building. But all of my books are with them, not just yours. Um, but one of the things that I thought maybe virtually you can tell people how we can, and maybe what we could do is create a Zoom type session where we are going through the Grace Trail. But would you mind just taking a couple minutes and explaining oh. what the Grace Trail is? Oh, I know. That's my pleasure. I, I love to do that. Um, so, you know, 
first of all, it's a long story. So, Sharon, help me, you know, to speed it up a bit because it started in 2000, as you know, in my kitchen when I was feeling a sense of despair. And I, I'm telling this story because the word grace needs to be needs to be defined for people because it's it's not about religion unless you want it to be but it's a very practical definition a practical word and the word grace is actually an acronym for gratitude that's the g r in grace is release the a is acceptance the c is challenge and the e is embrace the possibilities so I found myself in my kitchen in in 2000. I've been walking this grace trail for 20 years, Sharon. And um, I, I said to myself, I need to step into a state of grace. I was in a state of despair. And I, again, it's a very long story, but I, I, I saw five words in the word grace. And that those were the five words that I just said to you. Gratitude, release, accept, challenge, and embrace. I started asking the five questions that flow from those words and that is even though life and right now is so difficult for you what can you be grateful for and then i'd say okay i'd answer that question and then i'd say what do you need to release and let go of to move forward and the third question was what do you need to accept? At that point in 2000, both my parents had just passed away within six months of each other. I had uh, two teenagers who were struggling. I was changing professions, and I lost my bounce in life. I lost my way. And every time I asked those five questions, I felt better. And then my husband, um, you know, I always joke around that I'd call him at work, and I'd say, John, just listen to these these uh, five questions really quickly, and I'd run through them. And he, you know, you know, John. He's a busy pediatrician. He always said yes, ask the five questions and answer. And he'd listen so patiently. And then one night he said, "Let's do grace together." We walked around the block an entire summer, asking and answering those questions, and it really saved our relationship at a time when stress and anxiety could have blown us apart. Just like now, I mean, the stress right now from this virus. You know, I find equal to what I was going through way back then. And don't you any feel, questions? Yeah, I don't want to make it like a lecture. Yeah. Am I so, clear? Yeah. So one of the things I'm thinking about, though, is you know we're talking about being in the home all the time. So <clears throat> someone like me yep. who's never home. I mean, this weekend, I can't even tell you. I washed my kitchen floor probably five or six times. It's the like uh-huh. so I'm just not used to being home. Mark right. did to he Mark took one look at me and he was like, "I'm gonna go take care of the bushes." Like the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I can imagine that there's gonna be a lot of relationships. And Ken, I'm wondering yeah. if you are seeing this because we have Ken here, who's the deputy chief. Yeah. You know, like maybe the police department's gonna see more of this. Like just you know, husbands and wives like just at each other. Could be. There'd be something they would see more than, than yeah. I would see. I'm sure it's yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing you, something. You that, only get called if there's blood involved. Right. Uh, <laughs> just doing something that we're not accustomed to. Being yeah. home this much you know, mm-hmm. in a home, of course, is going to yeah. bring out those things, anxiety and, and, mm-hmm. and things that you have to. And, Ian, uh, you've, you probably yeah. have never met uh, Ken McCormick. He's the deputy chief here in Pembroke. Hi, Ken. He's. Hi, how you doing? He's wonderful. We've known each other for years. And one of the things I love about Ken is his personality and why I think he and Lisa make such a good team for this task force that they have here in Pembroke is 
I always say that Ken is like one pulse short of being flatlined. So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but you're calm. Like it doesn't matter. But I guess in his profession, he needs to be. You want this is the person I want showing up at my car accident. By the way, if something should happen to me, that's going to keep me in control. I told you I would show up. Yeah. If you wash the floor too many times and slip. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, man. I, it, this works. I can't. I couldn't do what you do. Yeah. If I did this profession, mm-hmm. I would no sooner. Yeah. Jump off the a skyscraper. <laughs> Probably. Um, so I, I just have to do. This mm-hmm. is just how I've learned to adapt. Which I think makes you a very great a leader. You know what I mean in this deputy chief you know field that you're in, and you know what I mean. You sort yeah. of have leadership roles over there. I think it's really important. Um, and with with the Grace Trail. Yeah. How can you let's 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 put it into perspective for some of our listeners? And again, I'm going to give the okay. number. It's seven eight one eight three seven four nine zero zero for our listeners. Uh, maybe you're listening to us or live streaming. Call the studio if you have any questions. We can uh, pipe you in here. Seven eight one eight three seven four nine zero zero. What is? I want some helpful advice for people who are home, and they're struggling with this, and they're just okay. So know, why don't I do this, Sharon? Because do I don't like to lecture. I don't like to talk to people. You know, theoretically, I'd like to talk to you. Pretend you're in your kitchen, okay? And you're going to wash the floor for the 10th time, right? And (laughs) so I come over to your house, and you and I are sitting down at your uh, kitchen table, and I'd say, let's, you know, let's walk the grace trail together. You don't have to have a trail, okay? You know there's an inspirational trail here in Plymouth that's been here for over six years, and, you know, thousands of people have walked it. But you don't have to come to the grace trail in Plymouth to walk it. You can walk it right in your kitchen. So let's mm-hmm. pretend everyone who's listening, if they're in their kitchen, let's walk let's walk the Grace Trail. As simple as we possibly can right, as perfect. friends who know each Lisa other. Lisa joins me. Lisa's, oh, okay. Lisa's, I, doing, I, Lisa's now gonna join. There's, okay? there's a lot okay, of irony Lisa. to this though and I I, I learned a similar technique. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, there's certain aspects of my childhood and some other things that I struggled with. I was development, developmentally, maturely behind. So I actually had a fantastic counselor in, in uh-huh. school that taught me how to deal with difficult situations. It wasn't, you know, the word grace, but it was a very similar thing when finding oneself in a situation they did not care for, we'll put it like that, uh-huh. that... Uh-huh. To, to acknowledge the situation, accept the situation, um, to, to plan a strategy to improve the situation, um, and to be grateful that the situation wasn't worse. So some of the words were the same, actually, to be grateful mm-hmm. that because it could be a, a more difficult or more challenging or more tragic thing. But then to, to, to have concrete, you know, solutions and, and, and acknowledge the good and, and acknowledge the bad. But I'm, I'm happy to walk the race trail with you. I think this is a fantastic exercise. Yes, and this is because the last, and the last four weeks we've been just talking about the doom and gloom of of this and now yeah. we know that the stress level and Ken brought this up last week because again and I, I don't want to get mushy Ken and I could but okay, you know mushy. it's coming from a genuine heart that you have no, and yeah. you 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 called this if it wasn't last week it was the week before that he said I think we need to bring some other aspects into this other than just the doom yep. and gloom so let's walk this grace trail all right start us off and Mel is here too I am yeah sorry <laughs> hi Mel how you doing Mel hey, is in Melissa right Yes. How are you doing? Hi. Great. Okay, so, yeah, we're just sitting in your kitchen, and the floor is really clean, and you're just bouncing off the walls, right? So, you know, what I I say to you is um, let's just 
Sharon, what are you grateful for? So anyone in the room can certainly answer these questions, but one of the rules on the Grace Trail is you don't have to answer the questions. You can be quiet, you can keep them private, but, you know, the Grace Trail starts with gratitude. What gratitude does for you is gratitude brings you into the present moment, it grounds your two little feet in in the reality of the situation, because as hard as the world is right now, there really are good things going on. And our brains are so tuned into everything that's going wrong because it's, our brain wants to keep us safe. So it's looking for danger. So you and I and everyone in the room and everyone listening can actually take control back of our brain because our brain is in control. When you are as anxious as you've been, Sharon, it's because your brain's in control. You are not in control. One of the easiest ways to get back in control and get your brain back in control is to choose where to focus your energy. And one of the most beautiful places to focus your energy is on what's going right in your life. What are you grateful for? That's, that's, gratitude is all about what's going right in your life and in the world. It's as simple as this. You stop and you say to yourself, what is going right? What am I glad about? What am I grateful for? And for you, Sharon, I'd recommend that you sit down with a piece of paper and get specific about what you're, gratitude, what you're grateful for. Don't just say my health, my home, my husband. I'd say for someone like you in the state of anxiety that you describe, and I, I'm not going to tell you you're alone. You know, I get very anxious in this situation, too, and, and you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be the expert. Well, welcome to the human race. It's a constant uh, job for me also to ground myself. So let's just start right now. Everyone in the room, go around if you don't mind, um, you know, jumping in on the grace field. What are you grateful for, Sharon? So one of the things I am super grateful for is just being surrounded by people who genuinely care and have consideration for and compassion for other people to <clears throat> to continue doing what they're doing because yeah. I feel like like even just being here with Ken and Lisa and you know they have a whole crew of people that are helping them but it makes me feel comfortable that if I can't control it that I know 100% if I ever you know fell back that they would catch me uh-huh. and that's a really good feeling that honestly like yes maybe I broke out in shingles and maybe I know I'm letting the people who are the closest to me who know me the best can see this but the people on the outside of don't really know what's going on because they're not picking up on it but I'm just grateful that I am surrounded by people like this that are here to take care of so many people and that's one of the things that when I'm saying my prayers, I'm praying for them, that they continue to have this strength to carry on and do the good things they're doing. Because I know that these next two weeks are going to be extremely difficult for them. And I'm trying not to worry about... Okay, Sharon, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop yeah. you. The question is, what are you grateful for? So I'm go back to that. Let's keep this so <laughs> simple. Tell me five things. What are you grateful for? Because what you did was you started walking over towards that worry again. I could feel it coming. You're starting to worry about them. Let's say really <laughs> simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I gave my one thing that I'm grateful for. How about if we go around the room, Mel? You can okay, go that's next fine. That, that was way. perfect. All right. Thank you. Ken, um, what are actually, you grateful for? Ken. Oh, Ken. Ken, I have grateful things every day, but so far today or in the last month, my kids, my two kids, 
graduated college, to have done well, moved out, lived together. So I'm grateful for that. But mm -hmm. I can pick something to be grateful for every day. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, can I just stop right there and just do a little coaching? I'd, I'd like... I had started this whole conversation with Sharon. I want you to sit down with a paper and pencil at the beginning of every day and write down specifically what you're grateful for. And as your anxiety builds, I would like you to take your pencil out, write 10 things you're, you're grateful for. Because when you started saying what you were grateful for, it grounded you and you got calm. And I think that throughout your day, I... I, I would just encourage you to, to do that. And so, Ken, you are just, your, your default setting is pretty calm. You're pretty cool. You know, <laughs> things are pretty chill. One pulse from Flatline. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, though, you don't want to see Ken angry. It doesn't happen often, but you don't want to see it. Mm. Well, that's good true. to know. Good warning. <laughs> yeah. But. So, Ken, thanks for sharing that. That is awesome about your kids. That's great. And do I ask, Ken, what I heard was you have a habit of gratitude. Every day you think of things you're grateful for. I do. I do. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I That's awesome. In your line of work, you, you probably have to, you know, just to be have a constant reminder that there are things to be grateful for every day because you might see something that... Isn't yeah, so, I mean, I, isn't I, so I, great. The biggest thing I'm grateful is I'm grateful to wake up on this side of the, mm -hmm. the earth every morning. So, this side I of the mean, grass. Everything, is, everything else is gravy after that, really. Mm -hmm. and especially, I know, I won't get too detailed. You know, we've had some personal, close yeah, yeah. relationships yep. to you and yep. things like that. So that makes a lot of sense. Let's move on to Lisa. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, let's go because so, we, don't want, we, we don't want to get too so, personal here on time. No, okay, no. Lisa. <laughs> my, my gratitude is a lot more shallow than everyone else just went because one thing I learned when you're facing challenges is to be grateful for the little things and so that's one of the things I do every day so today just today what I'm grateful for I'm grateful it was gorgeous outside so as I drove around I could put down my window because I love listening to my music putting down the window having the air blow in the sunshine and everything else because I'm always grateful for things like that I'm really grateful that my friend Paige Pomegranz has her own chickens so I can go and buy a dozen farm fresh eggs that are mm -hmm. you know as fresh as they get I'm grateful for that um, I'm, I'm grateful that, that today was a beautiful day so I could do my walks outside not that i don't do them every day i do them in all weathers but i'm especially grateful when it's gorgeous outside i was grateful again it was gorgeous outside so that while i have to take a teleconference that's you know about a less than cheery topic i was able to do so sitting outside and enjoying that sun and and, and that kind of balance of, of of something nice to go with something that's a little less pleasant makes the little less pleasant a little less unpleasant mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's a good one well you know lisa it's funny i'm smiling as you're talking so I said to you that anxiety is contagious. I want to tell you that joy, hope, and happiness is also contagious. And the easiest way to get to the place where you are right now, because I could actually feel you stepping back into how you felt when you took the walk. That's what happens with gratitude. You elevate everyone else around you. So it's a really wonderful thing to be able to do that. And when you started out, you started out by judging yourself and saying, oh, I'm a little shallow, but... You know, forget that. Everyone's joy is is really unique, and everyone's joy is really personal. And, um, you know, I think that someone like Sharon starts at the really deep stuff, and that's okay. And you start, what you, what you actually did was a really simple gratitude. Sharon asked me to come on and to share some, uh, maybe some tips and tools. So I'm going to tell you one that you just really walked through, Lisa, and it's called SNAP. So SNAP stands for stop, 
notice, appreciate, and participate in that moment. So what you were doing was you were describing to us, and, and even though the sun isn't shining right now, oh, my God, you should see the moon. It is the most gorgeous moon. I just looked out the window. It's spectacular. Um, But even though you weren't feeling that sun, you were able to step back into that joy. So if you were there, you'd stop, you know, like you were saying, and rolling your window down and feeling the beautiful air, and you notice it. You immerse yourself in the moment, and you sit there, and you appreciated it, and you shared that with us. We could all feel the joy in the moment. And once you, once you elevate your, your emotion like that, then you participate in the moment with joy. You participate in the moment with hope. You participate in an elevated place that um, you weren't in possibly before you did that whole description with us. So it's called snap, as in let's snap out of it. And it's called stop, notice, appreciate. Like right now I'm in my office and I happen to look out and see the most gorgeous moon over the Plymouth Harbor. I mean, it, it like takes your breath away. And... And and then participate in that moment. So it's, I don't know if that's a tool that will help any of you, but it certainly um, is something that you can remember to snap out of it. It's an acronym that can help you to access a more positive frame of mind really quickly, no matter where you are. Is that helpful? Lisa's, Lisa, Lisa is an overachiever, so of course she just got a straight A on that. <laughs> no, no, no. I would say that was, she was a, that was an A+. Plus. Sorry. Oh, thank, thank, thank you for that. But again, this was a, I wish I could say, oh, I just magically do this. This was a technique I learned, you know, when struggling with certain, certain things. And, and, and I'm glad you put a name to it because I never understood a, a name or a description for what I was doing. But again, it was something that was stressed to me when I had problems too to try to put that aside and, and appreciate mm-hmm. the small things because the small things become the big things. And, and you made an allusion to that of, of how you build upon that. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, that the downward spiral is just as easy to keep spiraling down, but the, the upward spiral sometimes begins with very small things mm-hmm. too, and it can lead to it bigger. It definitely impact. does. Yeah, the right. upward spiral, you know, it's, it's about really choosing. So it's about really choosing your frame of mind. And if you can't choose it, because there are some really sad things. And, you know, there are times when you can't choose. What you can do is you can stop and you can notice your frame of mind. I, I think that would help you, Sharon, is to just stop and notice your frame of mind and choose it. Here I am. I'm anxious again. I'm going down that big black hole of worry. And choose what you want to do about it. But the first choice is you have to want to stop it because you are the only one who could stop that. What's interesting, Anne, and you've known me for years, is I think that I'm genuinely a very positive person. Like, I see myself flipping. If somebody says something negative, I'm always like, oh, but, you know, look at this. You know, you got lemon, but you made lemonade. You know what I mean? So I can do a very good job about that. So believe me, nothing has surprised me more. I think it's what spiraled me is my need to try to fix it and watching way too much TV over it. But you know what? I have people like you in my life to fix it, but I'm curious to see if Mel wants to participate too. <clears throat> yeah, I would so. love to hear from Mel. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, I, um, I really was grateful for, and I actually was thinking about this when I was um, leaving where I was all day today, was um, I'm, I'm very grateful right now to have a job mm-hmm. um, because so many of my friends are out of work 
um, mm-hmm. right now. And I try to make a conscious effort every day to at least reach out to one of my friends who I know are struggling during this time and just check in on them because I know when I'm in, you know, going through my struggles, all I need is someone to just to just let me know that they're thinking of me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, today I've sort of been spiraling, going stir crazy at home, working and and I have to step back and just be grateful that I, I still have a job and I'm still mm-hmm. sort of trucking along and, and, and everything is, is still sort of the same for me, just my, my environment changed. But I was grateful today to be able to get outside and, um, and enjoy the sun, which is totally not like me because I am not a sun person. <laughs> um, but I, I laughed today and mm-hmm. I don't think that I have genuinely laughed in quite a quite a while so we uh, we had a great time at our new construction development in Pembroke and we were just taking some pictures social distancing but mm-hmm. um you know there's still some workers down myself. there <laughs> some workers <laughs> down there but it just felt it felt so nice to be around people again and mm-hmm. and it just I don't know I was grateful to be outside which is unlike me and I was grateful to sort of have a laugh with you know the people that I care you know most about which is Sharon and Mary and now we have Dustin and you know and I'm just I don't mm-hmm. know I was I was grateful for for everything that sort of happened today and I think that it all went really well for us mm-hmm. it was a good day it was a good That's day awesome. for a good day mm-hmm. yeah. you know again I'm smiling listening to you it's mm-hmm. contagious. And so we can all do more of that. All of our conversations, so thank you, Mel, for doing that. All of our conversations start with, oh, my God, how many deaths in New York? Oh, my God. You know, what if we started with what's going right in your life? How's it going today? You know, when was the last time you laughed? I love to hear that you laughed. I laughed today, too. And, you know, what's interesting is I feel, you feel a little guilty because, you know, people are really suffering. It's hard to, you know to keep centering ourselves and actually get some joy when you know there's so much suffering in the world. But it, it's, it's a wonderful centering technique, and it's, it's, it's life. I keep saying welcome to the human race. It's, it's different for everyone, and, uh, you know, the five of us have been able to tell sometimes little bits of gratitude and positivity in our day, and sometimes, you know, some of you have got, had really wonderful moments in this darkness. So it, that's why the Grace Trail starts, it's, I'm so glad it starts with G, because it starts with <laughs> gratitude. And, um, you know, it calms your nervous system down. It brings you into the present moment. It connects you to each other. I mean, when you were saying that, now I'm smiling again. So it's like a, it's a heart-to-heart connection, and that's where the best stuff happens. So... If you want, I mean, do you want to go on to the next letter, Sharon? Would you like to just walk quickly? It's your show. I don't mean to come in here and take it over. Is this helpful? Nope. Are there questions from the audience? Are there phone calls? Are there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't so know where I you think, want to go. Yeah, so we won't go on to all the other letters because it's release, accept, challenge, and embrace. But I do yep. want to have you on for another full show once all of this, you know, clears. And we'll do that because we did do the Grace Trail one other time. We did the whole thing. Yes, we did. Um, yep. One other time. So I'd love to have you come on there and do that. But um, we're going to have to take a break in a couple minutes. But one of the things I'd like to do, because when we come back, I want to spend the last, you know, minutes that we have um, with Ken and Lisa sort of giving a final update for everybody and what their expectations are for the next couple weeks. But 
you know, as we're sitting here and Mel said that, I was thinking about it right before she said it. You know, here we are, four people sitting in this room. All four of us still have our jobs. Um, all four of us, you know, no, none of us have lost anybody to the coronavirus. Um, maybe we know somebody that's in. I know, Lisa, you know, that... You know, that's you know somebody who you know Bill. My, I think my husband knows. lost, unfortunately, a coworker. A coworker, um, yeah. Um, lost their fight on the MBTA, and the MBTA actually just went went to split shifts so that they don't have all their their staff on at the same all time. The same so time. God forbid if if they lose some people to having to be home and be sick, that they'll they'll be able to keep the tea running for the, the yeah. uh, those super essential medical workers. Oh, absolutely. So, what but, about the people who are listening? What's your biggest piece of advice that we can give our listeners who are you know, maybe listening and saying, well, the hell with all of you. I mean, you all have your jobs. You haven't lost anybody. Right. You know, what What can we do to get them? I'm anxious because I want to help them. <laughs> so, okay. But everything else so, in my life is great. What can we do for them? Are you, are you asking me? Yes. Sharon, are you asking me? Okay. Yep. I would say that they also need to start with the first step on uh, the Grace Trail, and that's gratitude. I mean, I've worked with hundreds of cancer survivors in my life. I'm a cancer survivor, and and ask, you know, we walk the grace trail. The first question I ask is, what are you grateful for? I have never, ever sat in a group of cancer survivors. You don't have a more threatened group of people, right, who cannot find something to be grateful for. So I don't mean to minimize, but we all, even, even when things are going horribly, have to refocus on what is going right, because that's the only way you're going to muster your strength to go on. And I, I just want to say that the next step, it's hard for me to stop, okay, as far as stopping with one letter. <laughs> okay. It's just torture. I can't believe you're only going to let me do one letter. <laughs> because the next letter is so important to what you're talking about, and it's release. Because it's, it's, the question is, what do I need to release in my life to move forward? And it falls mm -hmm. down to two questions. And this is a good one for you, Sharon. What's in my control? And what is out of my control? Because you're focusing so much of your worry on what's out of your control. And the people at home, you know, what is actually in their control right now? That's a really important question. Because what we're all searching for is, is really hope. We're waiting for some hope to come in the news or whatever. But in the meantime, there are things in our control that we, in our control that we can... Um, actually work on uh mm. it might be something small in the house but it's about grabbing back your mental attitude and grabbing back your um walking back to sanity even mm. though it's a time of despair does that make sense it does it really does and i can't wait until i have a full hour and a half to just talk about <laughs> and just this one thing um okay. but you know i know that you do have the grace trail i know we were talking earlier uh there's a local university that's going to be incorporating <clears throat> this um mckenzie actually oh that's one thing i should have told you mckenzie's going to be teaching an empathy class tomorrow on a webinar so i'll have to share that link with you um but yeah. i know that maybe we can get you talking to clemson and you know doing the grace trail but how can people get in touch with you if they are thinking about i don't even know if you're taking on new clients as a life coach and why don't you talk about maybe your two books that's what i was just going to ask yeah. I'm like, do you have a website a facebook page anywhere because i yeah. think that that not everyone knows what they need but sometimes a conversation leads them to understanding what they need it sounds like you, yeah. you have some answers some people might need right now yeah um anyone who wants to can go to gracetrail.com i have um 
I have new products there to help people to walk their trail. I, I say your trail starts here. Wherever people are in life, uh, they can start in on the Grace Trail and find their footing. So gracetrail.com. You can find me on Facebook at Grace Trail by Ann Jolis. And I mentioned that Ann Jolis part because there is someone named Grace Trail. <laughs> I think she gets a lot of my Grace Trail people. So make sure you find the page Grace Trail by Ann Jolis. And I'm certainly on Instagram and Twitter and all that. But I think if you go to gracetrail.com, you'll see my blog. You'll see my products. You'll see how to connect with me. And um, there's, there's a lot of exciting things going on. And maybe look up the map. People can find the trail down here in Plymouth when we uh, social distancing is not um, no longer in, in, in place. They can come down and walk on the trail and... Um, ask the five questions right here on the Grace Trail in Plymouth. Does that make sense? Yes. So thank you so much, Anne, for joining thank again. You, Anne. Yep, I called in um, this morning and asked her if she would uh, join us today. So um, it's a very special treat, and it just seems like whenever my head goes a little, you know, wonky in a different way with stressing out on things, Anne always finds a path into my life, and it helps me uh, sort of get grounded again. So thank you so much, Anne, for being such a great person and friend. I really am grateful for you, and I appreciate you. And Sharon, I'm so grateful for you. And thank you to all of you, and uh, thanks for all the work you're doing. And um, we'll connect again. See you on the trail. Thank all you right. for the wisdom. Yeah, thank you. Nice thank talking you. to you. Thanks, Ann. Thank you. We'll be in touch for another show. So, again, Great. that was Ann Jolis, and she is uh, just a wonderful person. She's a life coach, and I just thought that that would be something maybe to bring in because things are getting stressful and next couple weeks. But these last 20 minutes that we have here, I just figured the two of you can sort of tell us, you know, what is going on and what we should anticipate and expect and what can we be doing to make your jobs easier. So that's actually a, a multi-part question. So I'll answer my part, and then I'll let Ken answer his part. So the, the biggest thing <laughs> is, <laughs> just because Honestly. I sit next to you every day, relax, Ken. Maybe maybe Sharon's got another one of those beers sitting around somewhere. Um, <laughs> so the, the biggest thing is, and, and, and people ask this a lot, and, and for everyone sitting at home, I know it is intensely boring or intensely frustrating maybe you are having frustrations with your kids or your spouse but i can't stress enough how much not interacting will slow the progression of this disease and will save those hospital beds for someone who truly needs them and allow those numbers to stay low enough that the hospitals can do their very hard very long very dangerous work and keep everyone safe so it seems like you, you say i'm just sitting around not doing anything it's trivial it's boring it's frustrating but it's so important that's the number one thing you can do because if people go out and interact it's it's not like you've made my job harder it's like you've made my job 10 times harder mm -hmm. disease surveillance is not easy it is extraordinarily time consuming mm -hmm. we have three nurses working on it and in, in another few days that's not going to be enough we're still trying to get other people up to speed all I feel like I do is I'm like some sort of mainframe computer taking in information and spitting it out over here, taking in this information and mm -hmm. spitting it out over there. So I, I know a lot of my friends because they've said, well, what can I do to help? I said, stay home. Yeah. Stay home. That's really what you can do to help. I know it sounds simple and easy. No one's asking anyone to put on medical gear. No one's asking anyone to go to war. No one's asking mm -hmm. anyone um, you know, to do anything dramatic. But just staying socially isolated with just your family is the biggest deal mm -hmm. and then there's a second part to that 
and for the again we, we talked about most people are doing really well at this you know yeah. 80 85 almost 90 percent of people are doing these things really well is please you know reconsider your requests of your government right now if you know the fact that you got missed for trash pickup wasn't that big a deal and you can wait till next week sit on it for a week um <laughs> no you're, you're joking these are real calls i have taken me, in right? the I last two or three days yeah um i got skipped for trash pickup <laughs> well if you can share with an, a bin with a neighbor or there's enough room and it can wait please let it wait um i don't know when this you know event's going to happen when this is over that that's not a, a today question that's yeah. a tomorrow or, or you know whatever question um I'm thinking mm. about doing X, Y, Z. Can you send over this for my house so I can do a title five? This is going to hit home. We're, we're going to actually talk real estate for a minute. If you're not already committed to some sort of legal and financial obligation with your house, I cannot stress enough how important sitting on it, on it is. And it's a threefold sit that I'm about to give you. Mm -hmm. One, you don't want anyone working on or near your house and, and possibly bringing this disease into your family. That, that would just be tragic beyond words. Mm -hmm. One. Two, you don't want to bring a bunch of realtors, no offense, ladies, no. into your house, parading through your house, taking pictures, interacting with you and your family. That's another opportunity. Mm -hmm. And three, you know, this is now I'm going to be, you know, take the financial side of it. <clears throat> My God, watch the rates, watch the market, like this house that you had that appraised at one thing and now it's appraising at this. Mm -hmm. If you have the ability to wait, if you're not under mm -hmm. some sort of financial or other gun where you must move forward, for the love of God, wait, rates are going to get better. Opportunities are going to get better. If you're staging a house, you're going to have better opportunities to stage the house, better opportunities mm -hmm. for photos. But if you are thinking about selling your house, use all this time to do all those funny little things that never get done. And Sharon knows mm -hmm. they can make the difference in tens of thousands of dollars what mm -hmm. you get offered. If it's a matter of repainting to neutral colors, cleaning up things, mm -hmm. maybe you're painting trim and making that look better. Those are great projects right now if you're thinking about selling yeah. your house. But right now, running in and getting your Title V shouldn't be a top priority. That should mm -hmm. be, you know, more down on the list. Um, because when you do that, everyone says, oh, but I just. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone's heard me, and you've said you heard me say this a hundred times. The phone call begins, but can I just, or I just need. Yeah. It's not just you. It's times 20,000 residents in the town. Yeah. And there is no way that, that I, as the health agent, can keep up with this request of workload, plus fight COVID-19 and do yeah. all the things I need to do over there. Nor can any other building inspector, wiring inspector, anything else. This is not the time to be pushing those kinds of projects. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're doing the projects that are outside. Yes, we're doing the projects that don't require people interacting on a limited basis. So the biggest thing you can apply to that is patience. Mm -hmm. And I think patience will be re rewarded not just with better service, better skills, better sales, better real estate transactions, but better pricing and mm -hmm. better economic benefits if you can ride this thing out. And mm -hmm. I understand not everyone can. Sometimes there's really extenuating circumstances and we're working to push those cases through, but it's it's got it. You really need to stop and think before you ask something of your government, is this item truly mm -hmm. tantamount right now? No, no joke, calls on potholes. Um, okay, first of all, you shouldn't be driving around that much. Second of all, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, the DPW is addressing issues of, of higher critical. They, ha they have to rotate their shifts too. And obviously maintaining water yeah. right now is, is a much higher priority. And I do know the guys are on the roads and they're doing minimal projects and they're doing the, the tree removal that might be dangerous and they are trying mm -hmm. to get to some of those items. But just try to, 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 to remember that there's a lot of people under a lot of stress mm -hmm. that aren't able to perform at the level we would normally expect from our government because these are not normal times. And yeah. it's not, nothing about it is normal. I'm surprised to hear that that's mm -hmm. actually oh, yeah. happening every day. Yeah. Oh, I, every day. I, I'm actually not surprised. Yeah. I know. You I mean, shouldn't be surprised. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, with the Title V aspect of things, it was, you know, we've been sitting here for five weeks now, and I have 
closing. I have two closings that, you know, I'm very proactive when it comes to that, where yep. I tell my clients right away, get it done, yep. you know, get the inspection done. Normally we would, in normal situations, yeah. I agree with you more. Normally that's what we do, but I didn't say anything to you until last week that it's actually going to interfere with one of my closings that's happening in yep. mid-April. What I did is I went to the attorney's four weeks ago, was mm -hmm. it, Mel? Mm -hmm. And I just said, listen, you know, the, the Board of Healths are definitely going to be consumed with all of this. We need to put something in place where we're asking the loan officers and the mortgage companies and the banks, what are you going to do about this issue? It, 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 and it's because you have obviously and I've heard all kinds this. of solutions, all kinds yeah. of solutions to what hold I heard. And, and I hope stuff. holdbacks are a great solution that can always be done. So that if it, so those people that have got to go, because there are people that yeah. they got to go for whatever reason. So holdbacks are a great way to take care of that. The other thing is I heard people that don't have to go right away because it's it's a domino effect and everyone can wait it out a month yeah. that I heard banks are extending rate locks and doing yep. all kinds of things yeah. like that to mm -hmm. make it easy for people. So in other words, if you locked in at that great late, because that's what everyone's usually concerned about, but I have this great rate and I don't want to mm -hmm. extend it because they're going to hit me up with points or fees. I heard, and you can mm -hmm. you confirm this, you're the real estate lady, but that they're being really forgiving on mm -hmm. that and yep. extending things without fees and penalties. So that allows everyone. And then the other thing I want everyone to think about is, do you really want to move to a new residence right now? You don't know who was in that house. What was their cleaning level? Um, you're you're leaving your your house. Unless that maybe you know it's new construction. New construction. New construction. New construction is is a lot easier. But I'll just throw on the added caveat of who built the house. You know, mm -hmm. um, personally, if I was moving right now, I'd probably hire a professional cleaner to go through, even mm -hmm. with new construction before I moved in. Just give everything a good cleaning and a wipe down. Mm -hmm. But that's something yeah. I would do anyways. Yeah. See, well, but that's everyone's different, and some people don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but to your question, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. I want Ken to answer the question, but oh, I, no. okay. and then I have a question for both of you because it's just something that I was thinking about, and I don't think we've gone over it yet. But um, but Sharon, did you have something that you wanted to say before Ken answers? Nope. No. Okay. okay. Ken, Ken's do up. You wanna, <laughs> your, <Go>. your turn. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to have uh, Sharon repeat her question <laughs> so you remember? <laughs> What do we do? Sorry. You answer question. the question. Yeah, so so what's, what, what, what <laughs> oh, can people do to help out? Oh, I get you. I'm like, and, you have and, a question? Go ahead. Um, <laughs> no, 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 the original So I agree, I agree question. 100% with Lisa. Um, I'm just going to be a little bit more blunt. Of course. <laughs> stay home and don't screw it up. We've done very, very, done well, very well as mm -hmm. a community mm -hmm. to get to where we are. And because we've had a couple of nice days and people are edgy to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. All that's going to take is a day, day and a half, and we're going to screw it all up. Mm -hmm. Everything we did was be for naught. So mm -hmm. just, you mm -hmm. just got to bear with us for a little bit longer, mm -hmm. suck it up, mm -hmm. stay home, and then hopefully we can beat this and get back to where we need to be. That's actually really, really good point. my own. Yeah. He's right. All think about all the economic loss, yeah, and all the patients, mm -hmm. and all the kids that haven't had the school, yeah, and all the sacrifices that have been made. But he's right. If people all decide to go to the park and hang out together and play mm -hmm. basketball together and play all kinds of things together or go down to Ludham's Ford and all let, let all mm -hmm. the kids play together. Oh, I heard about that. It will, yeah. it will undo everything. everything. It's almost done. like- And all these sacrifices and all the monetary losses and all the mm -hmm. home yeah. sales that have had to get pushed up. Yeah. It'll be for nothing. Yeah, yeah. five steps forward and 10 steps back. Yeah. So right? that, yeah. that is my, that's my biggest I'm now with Ken, he had the point. better answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little more blunt. Uh, that's just the biggest <laughs> point. I, you don't, yeah. we don't work this hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sacrifice this and much. Sacrifice this much to just screw it all up mm -hmm. because we had a couple of good days and we got to get out. Or the news is a little better that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. we aren't going to lose yeah. as many people as they mm -hmm. thought. 
yeah. the curve has taken a different And that's turn. good. If we're not going to lose as many that's people, awesome. yeah, that's the best mean, news ever. It doesn't ever. mean we can all run out. We, yeah, we want them to be wrong. Right. We want them to be wrong yes. in a good way. I right. want this to be the yeah. meteorologist mm-hmm. who called the blizzard and we were going to get 16 Oops. feet. And but guess what? It went out to sea. But we can't ignore it. No, no. Exactly. Because no, eventually no, no, no. we ignore the blizzard, man. We all go, we uh, don't take an umbrella yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You don't get enough bread. So we just, we just got to stick on the same path that we've been on until this is just a couple more weeks. So my question then is, at what point do we say, okay, we're on the mend? Like now it's it's getting better. Like at what point? The, it, the beauty it, is we what, don't have to think. What do we about have it. to? The statistics will tell, tell us. us. So so what are the statistics saw, have to so, look? So what we need to see what what every city and country that has started to round the bend or or recover from this, what you will see is a steady decline in cases, and we want to see that steady decline in cases. There's going to be peaking cases first, a lot of cases, and then there's going to be a steady decline in new cases and usually the experts are looking for one to two weeks of really steady decline then we will know okay Mm -hmm. we've really got this controlled and that doesn't mean there won't be hot spots or a little residual effect afterwards this is still a virus it's still looking for a home Mm -hmm. but once it's swept through so to speak the majority of the population that's when we're usually going to see those numbers drop to where they're going to be something really normal really manageable your typical flus your typical Mm -hmm. illnesses and everything else so you know but don't make all these sacrifices that you know even more than everything else and don't screw it up but Think about everything everyone's sacrificed. Make mm-hmm. that sacrificing me. And the other thing is, don't make us. We we had this conversation yeah, at Pima yes, today. Yeah. Don't make us. Please don't make us close the parks. Yeah. Please don't make us close off the basketball hoops. Please don't make us close those public recreation areas that sometimes people aren't using responsibly. Because if people are using them irresponsibly, we're going to have to do what the state did and barricade off those parks and everything else. And we don't want to do that because walking by yourself or just with your family is totally safe and encouraged. Mm -hmm. We have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. We have a responsibility. Yeah. And I give you full permission to just shut those things down because I love my parents. So I think the best answer to that week seven when Lisa and I are sitting here and going, hey, this opened up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're on. And we'll be here until then. I'll, I'll be here till then. Yeah. And on, Lisa, Lisa, you got, you got to like, you guys got a full seat here. I can't yeah. wait until I can go on vacation again. And then we don't, you know, and then we can, we don't have to show up. Yeah. And one of the things I do want to point out to our listeners, again, you're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara and Melissa Wallace. We have Mary Baker that's home and we have our two co-hosts that have been with us for the past five weeks, uh, Lisa Cullity from the Pembroke Board of Health and Ken McCormick, who's the deputy chief here in Pembroke. I want people to know, I mean, we have a relationship because this is where I am. This is where I live. Lisa just happens to be one of my neighbors as well. Um, this, The information that they are giving is for i would say plymouth county like yeah. I, I don't oh, because i list, yeah this no, is not no, pembroke no. specific just because we have pembroke people here doing this discussion i know ken we talked before and lisa you are having conversations with these other towns oh, correct? absolutely yep. daily yep. so daily. can you talk about that and how the how the towns are all collaborating oh, oh absolutely um the the health agents we have a message board that that's pretty much most of the south shore and there'll be well no exaggeration anywhere from a dozen to two dozen emails um, circulating among over 32 agents are on it that I that I can think of off the top of my head, mm-hmm. and and comparing best practices, um, comparing notes on things that are working, um, on observations on social behavior that are not working mm-hmm. that we need to get addressed. Um, a different idea sharing um, if someone comes across a, a somewhat more unique problem how do they they solve it and share that with the group policy setting um, a lot of the towns are sharing policy setting especially among the health agents um, to give you know advice to their to their mm-hmm. to their boards about what 
maybe you know curtailing of activities needs to occur and i think the, the governor's kind of set the tone for this really well mm-hmm. um that he hasn't enacted any regulation i've seen yet that he wasn't forced to mm-hmm. enact and if people continue across the commonwealth to make bad choices choices will be made for them and i think what you see not not necessarily bad choices in boston but just sheer density is creating problems in boston mm-hmm. that's forcing marty walsh to make further restrictions and i think mm-hmm. marty walsh is perfectly prepared to make even more restrictions and i think our governor's already demonstrated you know again even before covid back with the the vaping this governor's not afraid to act Mm -hmm. so i guess i beseech people at home make good decisions we all know what the right decisions are with the exception of people that have you know acute mental challenges and and other things people know what the right decisions are so do it just Mm -hmm. just do the right thing and we are in our last five minutes of the show already can you believe it Yeah, (laughs) Um, and they told us we have to end on time this week. Um, So, Ken, are you finding the same thing with the fire departments? How are all the fire departments sort of collaborating? The the chiefs, you know, uh, Chief Hill talks with all the the other chiefs in the surrounding areas. Uh, I talk with a bunch of deputies online. Uh Departments are doing the same thing. You don't want Hanson coming into Pembroke and not knowing our policy, uh, us going over there, because that's going to happen. Yeah. When we start to do mutual aid. So we all just want to be on the same page. And so basically everybody is sort of yeah, have all every, the same. Yeah, we do it every day. You, there's a new email every single day. We're going to change this. We're going to vamp this. We're going to get rid of this. We're going to try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a work in progress. So is there any type of like task force? Like I know you have one for Pembroke, but is there anything that's specific for, I tried to get um, Missy, I know her as Missy Gobo. Uh, she's the manager of Plymouth. I actually graduated with her, um, trying to get her on for next week. Um, like, is there anything that's just like maybe like Plymouth County or something actually, like that? there where, is. Mm-hmm. So when you dive, when you deep dive, I don't want to, dive too deep because I don't want to blow people's minds. But when you deep dive into emergency preparedness, the state actually broke all the towns up into regions. Um, our HHMC, our Health and Homeland Coalition, I'm sorry, I don't know the whole acronym off the top of my head. But anyway, so we're divided into a region that includes Barnstable, um, Plymouth, and Bristol counties. Mm-hmm. And it's broken out that way by county. So we're region five and we're actually 5C. Don't ask me why the county in the middle is the last letter. I never figured that out for mm-hmm. the life of me. So we actually have regional coordinators that work with us. Um, Crystal is our, our director of our HHMC and she does a wonderful job advocating for us for the state. She tries to kind of cut through some of the red tape, if you would, a little bit, or or channel the resources and the requests and then bring it down to the region and, and uh, have it distributed evenly by population and everything else. So yes, to, to your point, yes, we have obviously um, a group that's organized by the state, but I will say this, and, and I don't wanna speak for the fire department, but we tend to gravitate our, our information with like communities because obviously issues facing Pembroke, Duxbury, Hanson, Halifax, um, Norwell are not gonna be the same issues facing Brockton and New Bedford, for yeah. example. You, mm-hmm. you have some really unique situations with some of these towns. Um, so yes, we're regionalized, but we, we tend to tailor our activities a little more focused to communities of like size, like demographics. Right. That's perfect. Well, and that's the thing I just don't want, I want our listeners to know that this isn't oh, just no. for Pembroke. And every town's got a team. So we have Plymouth County that our fire department belongs to. Yeah. Plymouth County Control, and we have Region 5, which is our medical. Yeah. We're in, you know, many regions throughout the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. We're Region 5, where our medical director comes from uh, BI okay. in Jordan. So we have similar, the same thing that the health department has. Yeah. Just for the things that we operate. So I know we only have a couple minutes left. One thing is I just want to recap real quickly. Basically, after everything in this show is just stay positive and uh, mm-hmm. don't screw it up. And the thing, Lisa, when you were talking earlier, imagine this. A lot of people are out of work, maybe working from home. 
Okay. Now I saw more people walking down my street today because my office window, I was looking out. There was more people walking up and down our street today that I've never seen before. But again, they're getting their fresh air and they were doing their distancing. But just think you're working from home. You don't have to travel. So you have all that extra time that you're not commuting right now. And the only thing you have to do is stay inside. Can you imagine? I mean, there isn't an easier task to actually to do. Just stay away from other people. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's all you have to do and is stay that's away from how you don't just screw it up. Before we go, just remember, too, that your, your police and fire, we're ready to go. Yep. yep. Your board of health. One minute remaining in the show. In the show. Yeah. So we are ready. We'll, we're handle, prepared to help. Yeah, we'll handle whatever Just help comes, us help you. Yeah, is that a clue too much? Yeah. Okay. Help, help us help you. We're people helping people. Okay. And then this week, we should expect that you guys will be busy, and hopefully you'll be with us next week. Um, yeah, hopefully. I can't hopefully, guarantee yeah, you. Next week would be very much in the air. Yeah, we next week's in the air. So there's, there's no promises. I mean, if, if time allows, if it's a possibility, you and I text daily. So yeah. we'll, we'll make that point. I could be a last minute. I, I was going to say, Ken is I could probably be a last minute thing, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, All right. Well, perfect. So. Well, I want you guys to stay safe. And um, if you have any questions, uh, you can reach us at bostonconnect.com. We'll be here again next week. Go on to our podcast. You'll get all five shows that are listed now. Uh, you go to talkrealestateroundtable.com. You'll get all of them of the podcast is Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Thank you again, Lisa and Ken. And oh, stay safe. Wash your hands, everybody. Wash your hands. And uh, don't screw it up. Don't, don't screw it up. up. Stay home. That was gonna, that's going to bite me. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's,